Welcome everyone to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is February 17th, 2020, and we're very glad to have all of you here with us today. As most of you know, the webinar is an opportunity for people who are new to it to come together and learn a little bit more about this planetary service. And the webinar also provides a platform for people who are already members of Triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. So if you're new to this work and respond to the idea of planetary service, you might want to consider forming a triangle today. And you can do that by placing your name in the chat box. And then usually two other people or more will agree to link up with you. So feel free to do that if you're new or if you already are a member of Triangles and would like to form another triangle, you can also place your name in the chat box. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. It's an activity, a daily activity, in which three people agree to link up and visualize a triangle of light, connecting them one with the other. And then their triangle is then placed within the larger planetary network of all other members of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation, a world prayer, is sounded as a means of distributing the energies into the etheric network of the planet, wherein all people of open hearts and minds, people of goodwill everywhere, can respond to that stimulation and thus planetary consciousness is uplifted and cleared. So it's really, we like to think of it sometimes as a parallel to the climate change movement. We're working together to purify the ethers of our planet and the same way that those involved in active climate change work are working to clarify the physical planet itself. So welcome again. And today after our meditation, we have the opportunity to hear from a longtime member of Triangles and a longtime student of the Ageless Wisdom teachings, Frida Kemp from Toronto. She works with the Center for Esoteric Studies there and has been an instructor and mentor within the Moria Federation since its inception. And for the past five years, she's been studying with Temple Tetrada Ashram School of the Four Rays of Aspect in Russia. She's written a booklet on the spiritualization of money, a great spiritual asset. And she leads regular full moon meditations from her home in Toronto, Canada. So we look forward to hearing from Frida after the meditation. So as we always do, we're going to begin with a brief visualization, followed by a sounding of the mantra that you'll see on your screen. So let's center the consciousness deep within the head and breathe rhythmically and deeply. 
let's link with each other and with all triangles workers throughout the world. We visualize ourselves in the plane of mind, seeing energies flowing and stabilizing our mental, emotional, and physical bodies. Calling in the energy of the soul. So we'll establish our consciousness now within the light of the group soul and visualize stretching out before us a path of pure gold. And let's visualize ourselves slowly moving forward along that path. and visualizing on the distant horizon, the first faint rays of the rising sun. See the group bathed in that light. Continue to visualize the sun rising, pouring forth its purificatory fires as we move steadily along the golden path. Now as the sun is rising, visualize the group entering into the very heart of that sun. And now we turn, as we enter in, we turn and face towards humanity. feeling the radiance of the sun pouring through our vehicles, sending out the light into the world, healing and purifying the world's situation with the energies of light, love, and power. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light, 
and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. As we move through and experience this Aquarian interlude within the annual cycle, we can recall that the qualities of this energy were also the underlying qualities of the French Revolution, those qualities being liberty, equality, and fraternity. These principles will govern the new incoming age and which are beginning to work out now in our world, causing such a point of demarcation from the past. Humanity is struggling to free itself from the yoke of this past, of the old ways, and to enter into these higher values that will release so much light in our world. The higher values are permeating the consciousness of all those people today who are responding to this new vibration, who are working to bring about a culture of sharing and peace, adjusting the gross economic and social inequities of the day that cause so much pain and suffering. This growing responsiveness to the inpouring light is the hope of this time. Our task as triangles workers is to bridge the inner and outer worlds through an established alignment within consciousness. Our ability to hold this point aids those who work on the inner planes to likewise move outward because a resonant field is being established which can support their vibration. It's a give and take for all the many and varied groups working on all the many different lines of approach. All are fed by the life as it circulates from the heart in conscious alignment with the steadily deepening call of hierarchy. This call is one that penetrates beneath the outer cacophony of sounds, the temporary fragmentation within time and space, and that attempts to drown out the subtle voice of the soul. Discipleship group work is described by the Tibetan teacher as ashramic sharing, the work is anchored by the subjective bonds that are established within the true inner home. We have worked somewhat at the purification of the three lower vehicles of the mental, emotional, and physical bodies can, when we come together, find an increased ability to walk and work together, to come closer, subjectively speaking, in recognition of the interconnectedness of all life that we're part of. This group approach magnifies our creativity because instead of drawing upon our own individual talents, the group members are instead able to draw upon the creativity of a larger collective purpose which unites us. All the many different groups united by a common purpose 
could be compared to the many arms and hands found upon the tankas and statues displayed upon Eastern deities. On one level, these various hands illustrate the many groupings within a master's, master's ashram, each hand expressing different mudras, holding different talismans, reflecting the different functions of the groups that it is their task to undertake within the greater group or guru, which they seek to serve. United by a common purpose, each group stands as a point of light within a greater light. Strands of loving energy within a great stream of love divine. This ashramic sharing also serves as a highly protective mechanism. The protection provided by the group approach makes it possible for it to become responsive and work with much more potent energies than would have ever been possible before. This is surely why humanity has been able to participate in increasing numbers in such a powerful events as the recently passed Festival Week and in the annual Waysack Festival and the June full moons, contacting energies which were previously impossible to hold. This group approach is potent because each member of the group is valued for their contribution, for their particular skills and qualities that they to give to the purpose of the group. These members along many different lines enable the aura of the group to reach out and establish connection with much more potent streams of energies, reaching as well many more minds and hearts as the energies are distributed through the network. <clears throat> As I said, there are many different groups, many different types assembling today. And as we enter into Aquarius more fully, we'll surely be astounded by the many ingenious ways in which people will join together to use their creative imagination to create a unified field of thought with the intent and purpose of changing the world. This fostering of unitive thought is the essential nature of our work together in triangles. So let's now take a moment of silence to link up with each other as a group soul, as a point of love and light linking with people here today, but also all Triangles members throughout the world. And as a group, we link, lift our consciousness to Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. 
I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. See the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. link with the consciousness of the world teacher who stands at the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open 
and receptive to the impouring energy of love. Visualize light and goodwill circulating around the triangles from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere.
Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work to be done as the words are poured out. Let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Frida, um, you know. Hello. Hi, Frida. Hi. I look forward to hearing from you now. Thank you, Kathy, and uh, I'd like to welcome everyone. I've uh, chosen for my talk today the theme of responsibilities of discipleship. And because it's such a large topic, I'm going to confine my discussion to two themes, and those are harmlessness and generosity. And so I'd like to begin with uh, a quote from Master DK. And here it is. 
He says, the time will therefore surely come when you as individuals and as part of a master's group subordinate your personal lives to the need of humanity and to the intention of the master. You will be and not struggle so hard to be. You will give and not fight constantly the tendency not to give. You will sanely and wisely and as a normal procedure put the work of the master and service first. So when I think of this uh, theme of, of responsibility and service, I always like to kind of look ahead. Um, to me, it doesn't really matter where we are in the spiritual path. We're on that continuum, really, from aspirant to disciple. Uh, there's always spiritual teachers who have walked ahead of us. And we can look ahead or, um, and see, by using them as our examples, uh, how we can behave and how we should behave. I always say we've got a more modern expression for this method of spiritual emulation, and we call it, fake it till you make it. Uh, and so this was the theme of, of uh, what uh, Thomas Akempis uh, put forward when he wrote his book called Imitation of Christ. Um, but if Christ is too lofty an example, I always like to look at, uh, especially perhaps uh, I like to look at the women leaders, but HPB, Helen O'Rourke, Annie Besant, of course, Alice Bailey, and uh, Foster Bailey. Those are all good examples for us uh, to look at. But if we, even if we want to look uh, um, in a more contemporary way, we have our own teachers and mentors who can provide us with examples of how to walk the spiritual path and how to lead a spiritual life. So what can we learn from our observations and reflections on some of these pioneers of ages wisdom? Well, one of the things I always observe is really how hard they worked and how they sacrificed. They put their spiritual work at the forefront of who they were and what they did uh, in their lives. They gave and they sacrificed everything their time, their energy, and their resources to the work. <clears throat> I think one of the misconceptions of the spiritual path is that it gets easier. Uh, I think if we look carefully at the lives of, of some of these people and read their biographies, we can see that this really wasn't true. Um, as they took on more and more responsibility, uh, their lives, in fact, became more difficult. And they faced many crises and challenges along the way. Um, so to uh, kind of expand on our theme of, of service, or so my two uh, themes that I brought out, harmlessness and generosity, I'm going to uh, begin again uh, with a quote from D.K. He says that the one humanity, no matter what the place of residence, color of skin, or religious belief, is clamoring for peace peace, education, justice, and economic security. All this, the right use of money, and a recognition of the financial responsibility of each one, based on spiritual values, would make rapidly possible. The opportunity lies with the mass of good, kindly people all over the world, and in all spheres of influence. The power of the individual is not yet truly grasped, there is a vast opportunity before all, but it requires courage, patience, and loving understanding to do the needed work. 
so I like this quote because it it identifies that um, even we don't have to be you know uh, a spiritual leader um, to be doing this kind of work. He says the mass of kindly people all over the world um, can do this, and the opportunity is in front of all of us. Uh, here's another quote that I also like and and fits with our theme today. He says more as most aspirants to discipleship today do not know or realize uh, this law. And he's referring to the law of supply and demand. They do not give freely and fully, either to the work of the hierarchy or to those in need. Until they do, they limit their effectiveness and shut the door on supply, not only for themselves, but for the group with which they are affiliated in service. Herein lies responsibility. The clue to supply is personality harmlessness and the dedication of all individual resources to the service of the Great Ones without restraint and spontaneously. When you as a disciple try to live harmlessly, harmlessly in thought and word and deed, and when nothing is held back materially, emotionally, or from the angle of time, when physical strength is so given and the gift of all resources is accompanied with happiness, then the disciple will have all that is needed to carry on his work. And the same is true of all working groups of servers, such as the law. Perfection is not yet possible. It is needless for me to say, but greater effort on your part to give and serve is possible. And here's another quote along a similar line. Uh, sorry, that quote was from Discipleship in the New Age, um, 692, 693. The aspirant has an appreciation of the occult value of money and service. He seeks nothing for himself, save that which may equip him for the work to be done. And he looks upon money and that which money can purchase as something which is to be used for others and as a means to bring about the fruition of the master's plans as he senses those plans. And that quote is from Initiation Human and Solar, page 79. So in these quotes, we see this broad outline of the responsibility of the disciple. We have the prerequisite of harmlessness and the generosity of, of spirit that mark them. The bar is set high, but he tells us that perfection is not yet possible, but more effort to give and serve is needed to be demonstrated. He also presents us with a whole series of, of hints along these lines in the reflective meditation on attracting money for hierarchical purposes. And if you don't do this meditation regularly, I highly recommend it. In this meditation, he invites us to take what we have saved during the previous week and dedicate it to the work and present it in meditation to the Christ and his hierarchy. And he says, whether the sum is large or small, it can become a, a, an attractive and magnetic unit in the master's plans. So what is required to do this? Um, I believe it's an unstinting, and I call it an excuse-free inventory of our desire nature and how it drives our spending. Until we can face up honestly to our deficiencies and understand their power of us, we will not be in a position to correct the habits of selfishness and be able to give more generously. We must take a firm grip and assume full responsibility for the state of our finances. CK doesn't ask us to give beyond our means. He asks us to make a start, to save and to give part of each week's savings to the work. 
He also invites us to give to those organizations that claim our allegiance. You know, personally, I'm often astounded to, to speak with many spiritual people on this topic and to find that they do give generously sometimes to charities with broad appeal, but they often don't think of giving closer to home uh, to the groups or organizations that's providing them with spiritual teaching. I, I maintain that if you're being trained by a spiritual organization, such as Lucia's Trust or the Arcane School, it's important to be in right relation with that group. That means valuing the teaching, even, even if it's being provided to you at no charge. <laughs> Never make the assumption that all costs are covered. In many cases, there's a significant need for funds, and often these are covered by people that are close to the work uh, and, and some of their associates. And what happens is a few end up carrying the burden so that many can learn. But this is not what we would call right relation. It creates a great deal of stress and strain that could easily be alleviated if more people were to give a small amount and according to their means. My recommendation here is to give where you receive spiritual sustenance and training, give in right relation and according to your means. So people often ask me how do you know they don't have the money, they can't afford it, or they ask me how should I find the money? And I believe that um, the way to do this for most people is to find it within our own desire nature. Whether we're disciples or not, uh, for most people, expenditures closely are matched with um, our income. And in order to give generously, something has got to be given up. Since our desire nature tends to expand to match our income, uh, the way to find money at the end of each week, we have to give up something that we cherish or a habit that we have developed over the years. Then what should we do? I think we do as DK suggests, we offer up the saved money to the work of the hierarchy at the end of each week or month. I recommend picking two organizations, an esoteric or spiritual organization that you're aligned with, and perhaps one from the new group of world servers, an NGO that you respond to. And again, I remind you that DK says that whether the sum is large or small, it can be an attractive, a magnetic unit in the master's plans. I encourage you to be generous. If it doesn't hurt a little bit, you probably haven't dug into your desire nature sufficiently and you've not really sacrificed. And be joyful. Don't give begrudgingly, give happily to the work of the hierarchy. And if we can succeed in modeling our lives on those great spiritual disciples and leaders that went before us by emulating their levels of harmlessness of thought, word, and deed, their spontaneous and joyful generosity. I think we too can fit ourselves uh, and become instruments for service along the lines of the ashram to which we are affiliated. So thank you. I left a few minutes uh, for talk and discussion. And um, I'd like to end the talk uh, after our discussion, perhaps with the mantra of the disciple. But um, perhaps Kathy can uh, invite people to raise their hands and we could have a brief discussion on this theme. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Frida. You really speak from your own heart and your own experience and really encourage all of us. And I think you made 
a wonderful point that we can sometimes assume um, because the spiritual, spiritual organization is functioning that it's well funded by um, some trust fund or something of the name of that nature. Whereas in fact, exactly. as you said, it's, it's funded by people like ourselves. And so- That's right. Yeah, it's really good to, to remind us all of that. <clears throat> um, I had a question while people are either posting their comments in the chat box or posting, uh, raising their hand by clicking on their name. Um, and Michael, if you could upload the talks. I don't know, Frida, did you send in your talk? Yes, yes, oh, I did. Great. Okay, so Michael's going to upload the talks for those of you who are interested. Um, <clears throat> whoa, I don't know what happened there. Oh, no. Okay, sorry, my computer went a little crazy. Um, I had a question. Can you hear me, Frida? Yes, I can. Okay. Okay, um, as, as you know, the lack of money is considered one of the, by the Tibetan, he said it's the greatest challenge confronting spiritual groups today in preparing human consciousness for the coming cycle of externalization. He says it's the crux of the problem. Mm -hmm. And I know that you've written a booklet on this topic of the spiritualization of money. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us any other things that you've learned um, as, you, as you have done this work for so many years now? Any sure. other personal um, insights that you have from your work? Well, as I mentioned, I really encourage people to do that uh, reflective meditation. Um, it, it's just so um, packed with insights and hints uh, on how to proceed. But I think one of our roles is what I call the transformation of money. That, you know, as, as described in that meditation, we can turn that, um, uh, what I call the gray sludge, uh, into this golden dynamic uh, flow of energy. Yeah. He gives us a little hint when he says it can be a magnetic um, uh, uh, unit in the master's plans. So I think if we are able ourselves to bless our money as, as we send it forth into the world, or even just visualize that golden flow of our own funds as they, they flow out, um, that uh, we'll be seeking to help to transform all the money in the world. And we do this through the power of our visualization and our intention. Yeah. Another little recommendation is, is the importance of giving. He's, he's very straightforward about this. He says, to those who give shall be given so that they can give again. And I know this. I've seen this happen in my own life. It's like you've plugged in an energy. Um, so, you know, small amount of giving it could be $5, $10 a month, regular giving. You create a flow of energy. And that flow of energy passes through you as you send your money and, and via your deeds and your giving out into the world. And as you're entrusted, as, as, as you're entrusted with this energy flow, more of it is simply just going to flow through you. And, um, you know, as I've said, I've seen this uh, work in my own life and I've many stories of others who do it as well. So that's another strong and powerful reason to say, set up a regular, 
regular giving program um, to the work. Um, somebody is asking where they can get your booklet. Um, certainly, if um, I can put my um, email in the chat if you want to email yeah, me. Yeah, that would be great. If you get it, just that right now. Um, and <clears throat> there's a comment from Suzanne Miller, if you wanted to read that <clears throat> above your email address. Oh, yes, she's talking about add their name to the eBay charity list as a source of choice to donate to. I personally do much selling on eBay, yes, and she suggested this also to us at um, um, the uh, um, University of the Seven Rays, and I believe we did that as well. So there's there's ways that um, other organizations can benefit from uh, <clears throat> from this as well. Okay, I see a hand raised, a couple hands raised. Um, so let's see, Jeff Jeffrey. Yes, uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, support the idea of, of using that uh, Sunday money meditation. Um, I've been doing it for a couple of years. I, I take a little cash out of my wallet and, and 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 put it on my altar, and then it builds up. And then you know I I take that and, and use that for donations. Um, it is uh, it's rewarding. The visualizations of the meditation are um, are are so useful, uh, and just it's a it's a great practice. Uh, in in a world where where uh, the use of money and the misuse of money are so uh, so fraught that uh, it's um, it's a very healing and and very useful. So uh, just encourage others to uh, to take part in that. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's another one. Um, Phoenix. Hello. Yeah, hello. Thank you so much. Um, I, I like, I've been doing this for years now, and the, especially the Sunday meditation. And um, obviously it expands each year we add to it. Um, but I like to think every day, not only contributing for, for donations, but also all my bills that go through my bank and all the money that goes through the bank and all the money that that touches and all the companies it touches is slowly having that effect in turning all the money into gold to be attracted to hierarchy. Yes, and that's exactly what I, I, I like to see. And, and uh, I think if we, if we contain that visualization, uh, whenever we're doing any kind of financial transaction, we can see that our in a way, our money can infect the other money of the world. Yeah. And it can uh, take on that whole transformative role, especially if we're blessing. We're giving thanks when we receive money and blessing it as it goes out. It can be that simple. But that yeah. kind of a practice is what will, will help to transform the planetary money supply. And through that attractive nature that DK outlines, I believe it'll attract itself naturally to the work of the Christ and, and to the plan. So I think that's a form of service that we can do every single day of our lives because we're always shopping and paying bills and, and you know, spending money. But it doesn't negate us from also contributing to organizations that are 
actively doing the work. So I advocate for both things. Thank you. Yeah, just to say at the Lucis Trust, we have a, a shrine room in our office. And in the shrine room on the table in the front is a chalice, a glass chalice. And every morning we do um, a brief visualization, different than the money meditation, than the Sunday money meditation. But our work has been funded ever since the beginning without um, any grants and just through the individual contributions of men and women throughout the world. So it does, as Frida says, it does work. <laughs> and uh, we can testify to that. Well, there's another hand raised. Mm -hmm. uh, Ash Asha? Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Uh, hi, Frida. Um, what are your thoughts on um, Supposing, like you, with contemplating going to the USR conference, rather than spending the money going to the conference, maybe just doing the live stream and donating instead to the organization? Or is it a better donation to spend it on travel and physically go there? And what would your back and forth thoughts be? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I can be that specific. I think. I think this is where, you know, each person, each aspirant to disciple needs to, you know, connect with their own soul uh, and discriminate on to where, where their area of service is, where can they be of most help. You know, I, I also, uh, you know, when I say about the uh, biographies, if you looked at you know, HPB, she traveled the world and there were no airplanes then, so she did it by train or steam or car or whatever, um, you know, they really put themselves out, I think those early pioneers, to go, to write, to teach, to talk, you know, to, to follow the inspiration of their soul, to be where they were needed, to be where they were uh, asked to be, I guess, under the promptings of their, their master and their own soul. So again, I think that's where we have to consult. Um, I always like to say, okay, before I say yes to something, let me go and have a consultation with my soul on that particular subject. <laughs> uh, and I think we all have to do that. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you. you. You've always been an inspiration, Perita. Thanks. Um, Kathy? There's a, a couple more comments if you want to. Okay, that. sure. Okay. Uh, here's another question. Yes, uh, put their favorite groups in their will as opposed to giving it to uh, rich family members. Um, <laughs> a great idea. Um, yeah. You know, I worked in fundraising, so that's called a bequest. So please consider uh, this is probably one thing that we should all, you know, um, take a step back and contemplate. Um, about the longevity of the spiritual organizations uh, that we care about and uh, possibly supporting them uh, through a bequest. And the noontime reflection is, is a wonderful one as well. Um, so that's from Darcy. According to Foster Bailey, assets in trans assists in transforming the consciousness of ourselves and humanity and giving of love to the needs of life as a whole. So very true, thank you. Okay, 
um, if, if that's it, then I'd like to um, conclude my talk today. Um, and uh, please uh, join me if you know this mantra. Um, it's called, uh, I'm sure you've all heard it before, called the Affirmation of the Disciple. I have another comment before I read that. Uh, consider that dollars are not the extent of our economy, how we spend our thought life. Yes, very much so. I agree with that. Emotional life and the activities in our life and affairs are also part of the economy that is either dedicated to personal or hierarchical purposes. And she says, take the gambling casino and the glamour it holds over people, the glamour, the power of money to instantly and to deservedly provide liberation of earthly struggle. Really. So yes, um, you know, I, if I'd had longer, I would have talked on the whole idea of our, of our thought life as being a major contributor um, to the world good. But uh, I had to confine myself to the theme, <laughs> and therefore we didn't get into those uh, topics. So again, please uh, join me in saying this mantra if you know it. I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery will of God, and thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light shining upon their way, and thus I stand. And standing thus revolve and tread this way the ways of men, and know the ways of God, and thus I stand. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Frida. And thank you, everyone else, for your participation. And let's just take a moment to close with gratitude for our work today and for the work of Triangles. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. <clears throat>